This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I am sitting in my home with an awesome guest. She describes herself as a professional nerd. It is Dorina Arellano. Hola. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. How did I do with your name? Uh, actually, not bad. Okay, yeah, it's not as te- bad as you te- expected. Yeah, no, exactly. Like most, I mean, it's technically Dorina Arellano, mm-hmm. but it's really hard for most non-Spanish speakers to say. So yeah, it's okay. So close enough. You did good. That version. Okay, good. Yeah. I'll give myself a little pat on the back. Yeah. Uh, so you describe yourself as a professional nerd. What does that mean to you? Um, I think it encompasses a lot of things that I do because I technically work for Google. Okay. But I've used to work in the entertainment industry and. Um, since then, I met a ton of people in the geek community. It's kind of like how we met. Yeah. And so I, for some reason, I just know everyone from, you know, all the Nathan Hamill, Bonnie Burton, Jenna Bush, like basically everyone that's involved in all the comic conventions. Yeah. And I've been going for like 10 years. So, but I don't necessarily work at any of those outlets. Okay. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, any of the geek outlets. I just know everyone and I party with everyone, which is really <laughs> the only thing I do in the geek community is party is with party? party with nerds but that's a pretty yeah. big part of yeah. being a professional geek is you want to be able to go to parties because that's part of being a nerd at least traditionally was you didn't have friends exactly so then if somebody like you creates yeah. friendship opportunities and i actually didn't have friends when i was a kid so <laughs> so, so it's great to find others like me so, yeah. yeah yeah you know you is it true that you have secret skills uh, when it comes to like a san diego comic-con do you have party um, magic? I mean, I don't want to say here. You know, I don't want peep, random listeners to like hit yes. me up because people already hit me up. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. So we'll just broadcast but that you sure. have no secret skills. No. I mean, honestly, it's just social skills. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing that differentiates me from the stereotypical nerd. So. That, that is a secret skill. Yeah. And now you have uh, music in your background too, right? Yes. Yeah. That, uh, that's actually my entertainment industry background. Um, I was an artist manager for uh, quite a uh, a long time too long okay. <laughs> so um yeah it's uh, it, that's why i'm so obsessed with soundtracks as well that could be another episode actually. okay awesome so, yeah yeah so what exactly does uh, a manager do what, what did you do um anything from uh securing record deals for artists to basically babysitting okay so uh <laughs> is it the babysitting part that wasn't fun yeah um the pr stuff i actually really enjoyed which yeah. i you know social skills uh but um <laughs> the whole drama diva aspect i did not yeah so, lots of personalities entertainment industry in general is known for douchebaggery yeah and music is, the music industry is even worse so. so as somebody who parties with people who are involved in the entertainment industry right. do you have like a douche radar at oh, this yes. point where you're like really seek out like that person is not a piece of crap yes and when i do i'm like absorb you know because usually it's like one out of five people they're just like oh that person's kind of a dick that person's a star fucker not interested and then you find this one person that's like oh crap you're wearing you know a rick and morty shirt let's talk although i guess now rick and morty fans are getting a bad rap but yeah do you feel that's true that that rick and morty fans oh no they're getting a bad rap do they deserve it i i think i think honestly i think there's 
both good and assholes and good people and assholes in every fandom, honestly. Okay, yeah. 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 yeah, and the Rick and Morty, uh, the, the assholes have just been vocal. Exactly. Like, in many things. Yes. Uh, all right, so we are going to talk about your obsession, which is Blade Runner. Yes. But I have to say, because it's my favorite list I think I've ever gotten, that you offered me Blade Runners, Tacos, or Death. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am equally obsessed with th- all of those things. And actually, two of those are related, Blade Runner and Death. And then, I don't know about Tacos, because yeah. mostly Asian food yeah. in the movie. Although that was gone in the sequel, so I don't know where the taco trucks are. Yeah, it's a true dystopia where there yeah. are no taco trucks in Los like Angeles. Sounds like the saddest future ever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess terrible. I'm going to have to move if that happens. All right, so I just want to ask briefly about your obsession with death, and then we'll move on to actual Blade Runner, since they are tied in. Oh, when yeah. you say you're obsessed with death, is it, uh, just what is it? Um, it's basically growing up uh, as a uh, Mexican Catholic, okay. and uh learning that eventually you're like oh wait we do end up dying and we might not go to heaven and oh crap what actually happens okay and then becoming kind of an atheist and agnostic and going through all of the you know like it's kind of like when when you're a kid and you realize that santa's not real okay you're like well is jesus real is heaven or hell real okay and and as you know i got into sci-fi and fantasy a lot um those are the types of of things that actually made me feel like okay this is this and religion I need to explore. And then eventually I realized, holy shit, if there's nothing I can cuss on here, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. You already have several times. <laughs> okay. See, I don't even realize. Um, but um, so, yeah, I realized, okay, so where do we go? And that's so it's more of an obsession with existence and figuring okay. out, you know, not so much like why are we here, but what is all this? You yeah. know, are we even real are we alive are we you know what is there anything after death is death even a thing you know like it's kind of like what stoners are into i guess i don't know (laughs) (laughs) is death real even though that that seems like that one's pretty pretty uh uh, provable that that people die yes but we don't know what happens happens nobody knows okay i've just never heard it phrased that way i've always heard people agree that yeah you die the question is what's next right exactly but so if there is something uh, after death is it really death right oh then it's just like a transition that's my point oh yeah good point man i should get stoned more (laughs) (laughs) yeah that all does dovetail uh really nicely with blade runner but i think kind of science fiction in general uh that search for larger ideas and particularly the religious thing is interesting to me because I think right. so much of uh, human uh, anxiety is it seems like there should be a point to all this right in religion offers you one uh-huh. among other things does it really though well I think the uh, limited amount of exposure that I've had to religion right. I grew up sort of like really light Catholic uh-huh. like Catholic L-I-T-E light, like okay. super light. Like fat-free. Yeah, yeah, like fat-free Catholics. Okay. There were some overweight Catholics. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but I've, th- there's the, like, in, in, in a lot of different versions of it, there's the, oh, well, if you behave well here, you'll be rewarded. So that's right. kind of like a goal. Right. But also that you can fill yourself with that idea of a being has a plan. Uh-huh. This deity has a plan. Right. And I feel like that fills up these sort of like, what should I do with my life? Well, I don't need to worry about it because God has a plan. Right. God wanted me to have that car accident or that baby or whatever, yeah. or that beer, whatever God, I had today. Because God's kind of a dick, right? Yeah. <laughs> when, when bad things happen. I mean, I don't know if that's really a point because it, it's more so like, okay, if there is a plan laid out for us and if there's destiny, yeah. you know, that that's already planned out, then what is the point? Is there any point? Because yeah. our 
you know, we don't have a choice, right? Yeah. So, so there's that aspect of it. And then there's more so than a point, there's aspect of morality. It's like, oh, well, do you need religion to be good? You know, yeah. because do you expect to be rewarded or punished if you're a good person or a bad person? Whereas like, if you just are a good person without a, an expectation of reward, then you don't really need religion. You know, there's all of these yeah. things. I can get really into it. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we'll on another podcast. But <laughs> I, I think I'm really interested in that idea of not not knowing exactly what we're here for because it creates right. a hole. And I think my podcast about obsessions could also be called like hole filler because <laughs> so many of the things that we're like, I don't know why it I love that. It sounds kind of dirty though. It does. It does. <laughs> but it's so much about like, well, I need something to be really excited about every day. Yeah. And things like movies and TV shows and exercise and art. whatever fill that, yeah. you know, art. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about how Blade Runner has been a hole filler for you. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. Uh, so for people who have never seen this movie, could you give a very short description of the general oeuvre? What is it? Okay. So there's, I think there's two ways to explain this. If, if you want to just talk about the plot. Yeah. It's 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 basically set in 2019, which was the future 35 years ago. <laughs> it is not <laughs> because this movie yeah. came out in 1982, um, and basically it's a, a war. It's dystopian LA future that's set, and um, there's a bunch of uh, replicants, which is basically uh, kind of droids, humanoid people that aren't really. They're more. They're like robots. Yeah, and they're there to do things for humans, right? Kind of like slaves. You know, yeah. that's debatable. Servants, that's, certainly. Right, exactly. And um, and there's uh, Blade Runners that are hired to retire um, the replicants when, you know, when the, the police force asks them to. Yeah. In this case, Harrison Ford's character, uh, Rick Deckard, is a Blade Runner that's hired to retire or kill um, these uh, replicants that are... Nexus Six is what they call them, and they're okay. basically highly evolved replicants. And um, the whole point—well, the point is much a, a bigger uh, thought process there. But, <laughs> but um, uh, so he's basically hunting them out while these replicants themselves are actually uh, trying to live longer because replicants only uh, these particular Nexus Six replicants are only allowed to live four years, so they have like yeah. a four-year lifespan, and. Uh, once that lifespan is done, they just kind of shut down and die, right? Okay. And so, so, so De- Deckard's hunting them while they're kind of trying to figure out how do we extend our lives, which is very relatable. Yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> we want good. Now, my mother-in-law, if she listens, will understand the basic plot of Blade Runner. Yes. <laughs> uh, cool. So, for you, when did you first get hooked? Uh, when did you first see it? So um, I don't really remember watching the whole thing as a kid. Um, I also, I, I grew up in Mexico and I was there till I was 18. Okay. So um, a lot of movies were actually dubbed, which is funny because I know quotes in Spanish and it's from movies and it's weird. <laughs> um, but uh, like I can do Yoda in Spanish. Anyway, Please do. No, no, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's not do that right now. <laughs> I, I need some scotch and then we'll talk. Right. Fair enough. Um, and so, um, so I remember kind of being mesmerized by the way it looked but not really understanding what was going on okay uh, because um you have um 
you know, Harrison Ford had just done like Indiana Jones and Star Wars. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, well, this is another heroic Indiana Jones movie, which is totally not, you (laughs) know? And so um, I just remember thinking as a kid, okay, so this good guy, this good cop is hunting these bad people, uh, including the the other main character, Rudger Hauer's uh, Roy Batty, right? So he's like the the biggest, uh, the best replicant or whatever, yeah. I guess, if there's <laughs> the a biggest best one. Baddest, yes. <laughs> bestest replicant. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I remember that kind of being the plot. And it was very simple t- as a kid, but I just remember being kind of mesmerized, scared, and, and intrigued by it. Okay. And then um, I saw the director's cut as a teenager, and which was totally different um, because the theatrical cut has, has that terrible narration voiceover yeah. that just makes it cheesy and not as complex and not as subtle. Um, and I just remember that's when I was kind of started researching religion more okay. and all these things. And so I, I was very attracted to sci-fi movies and I started watching like 2001 Space Odyssey and, and um, you know, uh, Metropolis, which was like uh, the 1920s movie yeah. that, that Blade Runner kind of looks like. Yeah, yeah. I got all um, the visual cues from. Yeah. So um, this, this is why I didn't have any friends. And so um, <laughs> I basically... And why you have a lot now. Now, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and so I started watching all these movies and just being, you know, very, very intrigued by them. And then um, as I got older and more um, philosophical about existence, yeah. I just was started obsessing over Blade Runner and started watching it like at least once a year in the theater. And, and I basically love it even more every year it's kind of it's sad okay yeah (laughs) uh so you came to it then really because of the deep themes which is fascinating to me because i think sometimes when when we get obsessed with uh sci-fi or pop culture Mm -hmm. there's something deep about the themes that's speaking to us but we're mostly reacting to that lightsaber is cool right and then only (laughs) when we're much older when we're really confronted with it do we start going into the the depth of it right so that's cool for you to be a teen so like what 15 16 and you're like Um, oh great this is about uh, religion and uh, mortality and is there a point to life and i think i'll watch it all the time exactly yeah (laughs) and then also you discover things about it as you get older that you're like i totally had that wrong as a kid like deckard is a dick he's not a good person you know (laughs) and i actually relate to roy batty he's the more human you know uh character in this so it's interesting how those things change yeah so you you make jokes about not having friends but when you started to really like find the depth of Blade Runner and liking it as a teen did you have other people to enjoy it with to share it with no because I don't know if you've noticed but um a lot of people it's still a cult movie yeah you know it's not Star Wars or even Star Trek yeah it's less popular than that and so um, not a lot of people <laughs> like it. I didn't find other huge fans until I was an adult, like until actually until I moved to the U.S. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, so because uh, um, even like 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 my brother even just recently saw it and he's like, that was boring. I was like, how dare you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, you monster. Yes. <laughs> did you ask people, though? Did you would you go to school or work or whatever you did and be like, hey, has anybody seen Blade Runner? No, I, 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 I basically would take friends to see it. Okay. And, and they would, like in college, okay. and they would be like, that was boring. And I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> we got along in, in every other area, but yeah. not Blade Runner. It's very hard to find other Blade Runner lover, lovers. Okay. Yeah. Have you gone to any, like, the big showings that'll oh, happen yeah. in L.A.? Yeah, I mean, in fact, um, when the final cut came out, which is the only cut that anyone should see ever. Okay, wow. Um, it, that came out in 2007, I believe, and I was lucky to see it at the Million Dollar Theater downtown. Oh, wow. Which is where it was shot. Like so, like yeah. so, so that theater is actually in a in 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 the movie, 
Um, so that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. I saw it uh, most recently. I think it was the most final, final cut right. uh, in the Arclight Dome is one of their um, just it, it wasn't like, hey, it's an anniversary or anything. It was just their Arclight Presents series where they play right. old movies and it was full, right? like 800 people. Just to see Blade Runner, which is, yeah, it's such a weird experience to have a movie that's, to me, when I first discovered it, it was because like older kids told me like, you got to check this out. And like, I don't, just the way I live my life, I feel like I've always been surrounded by people who are like, Blade Runner, of course, it's one of the best films ever. So have you, uh, did you like it the first time you see it? Like, Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. But I, I, you know, I had been at the time like reading a lot of noir crime novels okay. like Raymond Chandler and, and Jim Thompson and David Goodis, like some of these right. even weird obscure ones right. but a lot of them like very urban very LA based so mm-hmm. I think I really related to that of like to actually see like oh it's Star Wars meets Philip Marlowe right. cool you know and it felt very adult and serious oh yeah you know when I was like I think I was probably like 16 so I was like oh man I don't quite understand this but Oh man, I, I can tell people I did, and I'll seem really cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not a kids movie. <laughs> yeah, and then I didn't see it for a long time, and then I was shocked when I came back to it at how slow and purposeful the mm-hmm. tempo is, and mm-hmm. how even the music. And I felt this way with like Blade Runner twenty forty nine too. That can mm-hmm. almost is wanting to make you feel like almost like not amniotic that's too peaceful right but like a little bit of just like it's just kind of swaying and pulsing gently right which is like it's beyond oh it's a little slow it's like to me this very big attempt of the movie to feel different yeah and i think that's why a lot of people find it boring because it's slow pace right but i prefer movies i mean i can take friends to a screening of 2001 space odyssey is the same thing yeah you know like one of them will fall asleep. The other one will like leave, you know, <laughs> because it leave? is really <laughs> because it is. It, I have like two friends that like those movies. Right. Yeah. And so it's just it's slow, slow pace because it's not a dialogue driven story as much as in Blade Runner specifically. The dialogue is very poetic. Yeah. Um, and philosophical. The there's a lot of scenes where there's no dialogue at all, and the story is being told through the stunning visuals and the stunning music, right? Yeah. And some people just aren't into that. Some people are like, <laughs> I don't Come like on, stunning visuals, yeah. You know, I want to watch Blade kill some vampires, which is totally fine too. I like that too. I yeah. just really prefer this type of storytelling. Yeah. So you're saying that you had this epiphany that uh, Deckard was a dick, yes, and that Roy Batty is the more kind of advanced, more human. Who did you? Who do you relate to now? Do you relate to one or the other? Do you relate to any of the women characters? Um, I kind of uh, the the two characters that I feel for when I watch this movie is Roy Batty um, and uh, Rachel. Yeah, who's the especially in that scene where she's basically finds out that she's a replicant. Yeah, I mean you just can see it in her face how crazy and heartbreaking that must be. Like imagine if you know right now somebody comes down to you and, and tells you, hey. So all your memories are fake and have yeah. been implanted and your life that you think you've lived isn't real. Yeah. I mean, and that's you're going to die in a few. And you have no idea how long you're going to live. Right. Which yeah. none of us do. Right. <laughs> so Fair enough. whether it's a four year lifespan or 80. Yeah. You know, we don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah. So so that's very heartbreaking and relatable. And um, but I think every single character in this movie proves, you know, the the. Or not proves, but but brings up the question of like they're all trying to figure out who we are, right? And yeah. and and, and uh, even Deckard, who seems like a very sad, depressed person who doesn't really care about what he's doing. Like at the end, towards the end of the movie, he actually you see that he wants to live. 
yeah. right? Like he he kind of he 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 feels oh crap I might die. Do I really want to die? No, I want to keep. I, I want to live. Right. Yeah. So so um. But Roy Batty is like every time <laughs> I hear him say that monologue, I am not a crier. Yeah. Every single time, like I cry when he the does tears that, and rain tears speech. And rain. You yes. you you get uh, tears oh. out of Dorina. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful, yeah. but it's just the perfect, most beautiful monologue about existence. Yeah. You know, and and um. Um, I mean, I can quote it later when I have scotch. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. We we're racking up a lot that you're going to say once you have the scotch. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got some scotch, so we can we can definitely do that. So I was going to ask about the the different cuts, but you clearly feel that the final cut, the most director cut, how, what, what is it even called? Because there are like seven cuts, The most right? director. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so the, the, the th- there's like... <laughs> 46. No, there's okay. like seven, I think. I'm not really sure. There's an international one. Um, the, the the main one that came out that the critics hated was the theatrical one, uh, was like the 1982 one. And that has the crappy Harrison Ford voiceover yeah. where he's just like telling the audience how to think, which is makes just does not do well for, you know, it, you does, it doesn't do the, the movie service. Here, Harrison Ford's disdain, right? Because he didn't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I heard, I'm not sure if this is correct, but I heard something about like he did it shitty in a purposeful way so like they wouldn't use it but the but the execs were like fuck it let's put it on yeah. there you know um also it has a completely different like crappy happy ending and okay. it, that's just dumb yeah that's not realistic you know so um and then the director's cut came out like 92 i think okay um and um that got rid of the voiceover and um but the and then changed the ending as well but the final cut that came out in 2007, that's like Ridley Scott's supposed vision. You okay. know, I don't know if he had that vision in the 80s, but, but that was like what now. he, yeah, what he really supposedly wanted. And and it's like, I can find zero flaws as much as other people find many. So, okay. Yeah. And how did you feel about the sequel? Ooh, okay. We're getting into that territory now. Okay. <laughs> so um, a lot of Blade Runner fans loved it. I, I didn't, I didn't love the story. Okay. Um, I loved the way it looked. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, Ro- Roger Deakins needs the Oscar. Like, yeah. That's a, the, that cinematography was insane. It and and I remember sitting in the theater being like, okay, like you're not gonna love it as much as the first one. Like, try to lower your expectations. Oh, you know? nice, nice. Like I was like, come on, just be realistic about it. Because I was like, obviously care a lot about this movie. And I remember it started, and it was, it just looked so gorgeous. I was so overwhelmed by the way it sounded. Like yeah. the score was gorgeous. I was like, I also know it's not going to be Vangelis, but yeah. Hans Zimmer and Benjamin Walfish are great. And I remember getting emotional at just what I was looking at. Yeah, because it's just, just like more atmosphere. of this thing that you love. Yeah, well, but 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 in a different way. It just I just felt like I was watching uh, something groundbreaking cinematically. Okay. At, at the moment, right? Yeah. Um, and then the story kind of diverted into something I wasn't into as much, but. Um, okay. I enjoyed it. I think it's a it's it's a it's a solid sci-fi movie. Yeah. Um, I think time will tell how you know revolutionary it is. Um, but uh, um, I I disagree with a lot of people that say it's better than the first one. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it couldn't exist without the first one yeah. in, in any way. I think yeah. like narratively or visually or philosophically. Right. Like and it then, builds on all those things. Yeah. And I think also the first one uh, relies on. Um, that that uh, kind of poetic dialogue that I was talking about, and I yeah. feel like the second one was uh, the the stuff I liked about it was the social commentary yeah. as to like the way they are they're treating replicants and they call them skin jobs and all these types of things. But then once the second half started and 
it delved into like the Rachel and Deckard connection. I was like, now you're just doing that thing where it's like, it's a sequel to another movie. So we should bring in these characters for nostalgia purposes. Yeah. But I didn't think it was necessary. Okay. So I don't know how you felt about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not as huge of a Blade Runner fan as you are. Um, No, you grew up with friends, right? uh, No, no. (laughs) I I had a brother and sometimes we were friends and sometimes we weren't as you are when you grow up. Right. Uh, But yeah, no, I didn't, I couldn't go to school and talk to people about Blade Runner. That's not a thing that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't have a chance to re- like really reprocess Blade Runner to do the full comparison. Yeah. But I really liked the movie because it did feel like very unique and very uh, auteur driven for right. big blockbuster. And I think there's a part of me that really just kind of enjoyed the absurdity of this existing mm-hmm. because like when it came out and it did fine at the box office, but didn't crush. And people were like, yeah. big disappointment for this yeah. sci-fi blockbuster. And everyone's like, the hell are you talking about right. there was never it never was going to be yeah. it's ridiculously long yeah it almost tries to put you to sleep in this cool way because right. i i feel like uh, i feel like for blade runner 2049 like part of the point was that all of the characters were sort of in in lockstep just doing the things that they were supposed to do and that they were almost kind of just destroyed by just the the blare uh, of lights and mm. the repetition of life yeah and I felt like the movie was tempting you to try to feel that, too, to feel the way that they had been ground down, which is like a cool artistic thing, mm-hmm. but not exactly a thing to just like make people walk to the theater, <laughs> humming and turn around and buy the ticket again. I'm like, I would like to be broken down societally <laughs> again, you know, and feel that again. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and I loved how consistently, I can't remember all the details because uh, it's been a while, but I love how thorough the discussion of every everything is sentient on some level and mm-hmm. everything just wants to find a connection of some kind. Yes. Even down to like, you know, uh, Deckard's dog. You know, right. <laughs> every every character is like longing for connection. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I mean, do you value Deckard's dog's life more over the hologram? You yeah, know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All that hologram stuff yeah. was great too. Um, one of the most famous things from Blade Runner I wanted to be sure to ask you about is the whole Voight-Kampf test uh, that the Blade Runners administer right. to I was like, wait, see. don't do that on me because what if I'm a replicant? This whole podcast is one long, <laughs> very shitty Voight-Kampf test. <laughs> Would you ever want to experience something like a Voight-Kampf test in real life? I mean, I would probably do it for shits and giggles, but that's an English idiom, right? Did I use that right? Yeah. Um, But I I think uh, because I'm, as much as I'm, like I said, not obsessed with death so much, but existentialism in general, I'm also a skeptic, right? Yeah. So anything like that, I'll try just okay. to try to like debunk it, basically. Right, to see if it's, <laughs> yeah. it's bullshit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Being such a big fan of the movie, I mean, it's a go-to joke I, I, when, for people who know the movie, when something weird happens. I had like this weird experience that I use in stand-up sometimes where I, I went to the wrong house uh, to buy a thing on Craigslist, uh-huh. and it was just like this old man in kind of a shack in the, outside <laughs> of the city that I lived in at the time. And the the old man didn't realize what was happening because right. he was the wrong person. But he still invited me and my friend in. Oh, he was like, sit down, sit <laughs> down. And, and then he's like, can I get you something to drink? Would you like milk or whiskey? <laughs> and like the the question milk or whiskey is like, that seemed to me like a weird Voight Kampf test of like, you've entered a strange old man's <laughs> home who's a stranger and you've been offered milk or whiskey. Right. Which do you take? Are you human? Are you a replicant? Right. Like that kind of thing. Do you, Do you feel that way when you hear weird questions? Is that set off your Voight-Kampf radar? Um, I, I think, I don't know, it's it, it's so much questions. I think it's more so like when I'm, when I'm just sitting around 
and ha- and enjoying uh, time with with friends or family. Yeah, uh, I have this weird thing that happens that all of a sudden I start like I kind of mute everything around me, which is probably rude, but I'm sure it's not important. <laughs> whatever they're talking about, um, but I start thinking about like. I mean, how isn't it amazing that we're all talking to each other? It's like, like, it's like, it, it, and I swear I'm completely sober. Okay, but, but, but this this happens where I'm like, it's crazy. It's kind of like miraculous that like my brain is somehow functioning and communicating with this other person's brain, like right here, you know. And it, it's that's that type of stuff is like what kind of made me more agnostic than atheist. Okay, like, you know, kind of figuring out like nobody knows exactly how the universe works so like it's more so like moments of kind of peace and happiness that bring me to think of those things okay right yeah so not so not so much more not not so much questions i guess yeah yeah well, that makes sense to me because it seems to me a, a part of the replicant story of like that scientifically they understand the replicants right but that there is just something that is more than the sum of their parts Right. Which and gets into like the idea of soul and spirit. So even if you exactly. understand, oh, I understand how brains process and how conversation works. Right. Especially since you have social skills, you really understand conversations. Well, and but still there's that like, but how, how does this all happen? Well, and also, I mean, the Void Comtes is, is, is weird. It's like, I've never really understood or grasped, like, why are they asking these specific questions? And, you know, like, what, what is... What is like helping a, a tur- turtle like have to do with with a person having either human emotion or empathy? Yeah, right. Like like that 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 can be very subjective. Yeah. Do you feel so, like that's part of the story that they that like the government, the controlling people are asking these like loaded questions yeah. to prove that they aren't really human? Yes, it's so completely agree. all good humans would yeah. help turtles. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> but like, yeah, or like that whole like killing a wasp. You know, yeah. Like, where it's like, and it's funny to think about that one because when I was a kid, I loved killing bugs. It was really weird. <laughs> like, like, like I was never scared of them. Like most people are scared of spiders. You know. Yeah. I was scared of like snakes. Yeah. Because gross. You know, they don't have shoulders. That's creepy. <laughs> but but bugs are 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 fine. I just for some reason love swatting them. And okay. now that I've gotten older and actually value life, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, well, I'm gonna let it live. But like, you know, that does that make you if you killed a fly in your life does that make you a bad person or a replicant right you know does that make you not human right you know, those are stupid questions it's either and a replicant or a toddler yeah exactly <laughs> or a drunken 30 year old jackass yeah, yeah exactly. you're one of those three things have you ever made a different life choice because of your love of blade runner has it ever made you do something different in like a career or philosophy or dating or anything um I think I think definitely philosophy because uh when uh I guess we we can get into the subject of death because um because <laughs> it's all related um but um when my grandma died like I want to say five, six years ago, 2011, I was the first person that died that was super close to me because okay. she was basically, she, she, my parents were divorced, so she helped raise me. Okay. And so it was like losing a parent. So that was the first time I was struck with like, oh crap, where did she go? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like the Harry Potter, uh, what's his name, uh, Slughorn. Yeah. Uh, where he just starts talking about, it's like uh, uh, Harry Potter's mom and, and he's like, you know, one day she was here and then all of a sudden, poof. You know, it's that noise. It's yeah. like, poof, poof it's just, just gone. Just yeah. people just cease to exist. And that didn't, um, um, I, I couldn't grasp that concept. So I started, that's when I started getting obsessed and, 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 and started, uh, I guess it was part of the grieving process, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that led me to uh, look up 
philosophy classes about morality, uh, mortality on YouTube from like <laughs> Yale, you know, oh, wow. like, things okay. like that. And it's like, well, do we even want to be immortal, you know, or, or do we, do we want, you know, like, like, and, and if we are immortal, like, does that mean that we're going to have this amazing life and we're going to want to live forever? Like most likely not, you know? So like all of these questions can be totally found on, on Blade Runner yeah, in, or in Blade Runner. And uh, my prepositions are very messed up because <laughs> this is my second language of why. Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> um, I tried to study Spanish and you know, the prepositions were hard for me to. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, no, but in Spanish you have in both right. means in and on. Yes. But you guys have. But then like, I would just get paranoid that I was using it wrong no matter what because of that because I'm very neurotic. But you're like, but you can't go wrong with in. <laughs> Whereas like I always say things like in the table instead of on, <laughs> which is it just makes you sound like a moron, especially like with me because I have you know I don't really have an accent. So anyways, but um so so yeah I think uh, that those two really correlated things right of of of, of seeking. Um, like getting obsessed with the philosophical existentialism. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it made me decide or influence decisions. I think it just made me change the way I think about life in general. Okay. And did you go back to Blade Runner since you already recognized that a lot of these ideas that you're wrestling with in real life were in the movie? Yeah. Did rewatching the movie help? Oh, yeah. And, and every time I watch that movie, I find some like an extra thing on every watch. OK. That, that I'm like, oh, yes. Like I never thought of this that way, you know, and like you once you see it a bunch of times, you end up looking at each character's. Um, and, 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 and looking at them in a different way yeah. and even sympathizing with them, right? Like, like the fact that, I mean, that whole end sequence with, with Roy Batty kind of chasing Deckard yeah. around the Bradbury building, um, seem, seems silly to people that don't get the movie because, you know, you're like, why is he like chasing him and making like wolf noises and like kind of being like, it's like, he's like in a circus and making, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's really bizarre, but but you kind of you could see it a couple of different ways. You can see it as like, okay, he's trying to scare Deckard to make him feel what he's feeling, yeah, because he's terrified of 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 you know dying and he wants to extend his life. So it's like maybe he's trying to get Deckard to sympathize him, yeah, um, uh, or he's just messing with him. Who knows, right? Yeah. But at the end, the whole point is that he saves him, right? And so he, the, the fact that he that 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 he saves him makes Roy a more human than any other character in that movie. Yeah. And so, um, and that's when he delivers that monologue to him, like, and Harrison Ford's like just like standing there like an idiot, like, <laughs> oh shit, like, like you're this you're this thing that is apparently more human than me, you know? Yeah. Um. So so yeah, all of those things, like, I definitely start thinking about more and more. Um, on every rewatch for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. I think it's amazing when the things we love in pop culture can actually help us process right. like real world stuff. Like I think that's their ultimate power. Yeah. That's cool to hear about Blade Runner. Now, I know you don't like the uh, voiceover in the no. theatrical release. No. But I'm going to ask you a voiceover question. Okay. <laughs> Would you ever want in your actual life to have a voiceover so you knew what was going on to just hear someone like, you know, when you get up in the morning, just hear a voice say, Drina has big plans for the day. Here's um, what she's going to do. I mean, are we talking like like Siri and Alexa? <laughs> or <laughs> No, like a strange, <laughs> omniscient voice. Yeah. 
that can explain your life to people no, from the outside. No, because I would end up in a mental hospital because <laughs> <laughs> I'd start telling people I'm hearing voices. But what if um, what if I could hear too? What if it was just an, uh, a magical power? Because like that's why you don't like it in Blade Runner right. is that it's over-explaining. Yeah. It's taking the mystery away. It's taking the discovery that right. you just described away if there was a voiceover from right. Harrison Ford going like, oh, Roy Batty hunted me because he wanted me yeah. to feel what it is to be hunted. Right. And it takes away all the mystery and the discovery. Would you want that for your life where where somebody's like, I'm trying to figure out who Darina really is. And yeah. they're like, Darina is reacting that way because she did not like Blade Runner 2049, right. but she does not want to tell you that. Like, Right. I mean, I think on, I could probably, I would probably get really annoyed and I'd just be like, shut up. But at the end of the day, don't we all have automatic voiceovers going on in our heads all the time? Yeah. Like we're constantly thinking about our actions and and as much as we go to work every day and like wake up and, and, and do our thing and our routine, at some point during the day, we think, what the hell am I doing? You know, yeah. like we all we're like that's the voiceover <laughs> I'm interested in more is like the the existential voiceover. Not so much like the, oh, I don't want to talk to you because I'm very honest. I'll just tell people I'm like, go away. Okay. You know? <laughs> so you want a voiceover that is truly questioning. So yes. you want the. Why the hell did she just do that? Right. The Who why, knows? The why is more interesting to me than the... Okay. Yeah. Or And the how. Right? Okay. Than the what. Yeah. I would like that very much if I walk through life and every once in a while a voice just went, why? Yeah. But then, but then, but then what if it's for like things that don't really matter? Like, like, <laughs> like when you go to the bathroom, do you really want a voiceover? You know, like that's maybe not as fun. Mm, it depends on what I'm doing in the bathroom, you know? Oh, true. If I'm doing something, that sounded grosser than I meant. Yeah. Uh, well, then maybe you should change your podcast name to whole. What was it? Hole filled. Hole filler. <laughs> hole filler. <laughs> yes, I will consider that. I'll put it up for a vote for uh, all of my listeners, and then I will lose them all. So we're going to move on to our "How obsessed are you?" questions. These okay. are questions that I ask everybody across all the podcast episodes. Do you think about Blade Runner every day? Yes. Okay, definitely. so you, you only watch it about once a year. Is no, right? no, I, wa- I watch it uh, several times a year because I make people watch it. Okay. That Like people that haven't seen it or that think don't like it because they, you know, they haven't seen it in a while. Okay. Yeah. So do you watch it though with people who love it? Do you get together oh, yeah, with like we, friends who are all totally into it? Yeah. Yeah. We, that's the group we go to like basically, like I have people I go watch it with uh, at the theater. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, but I mean, I think I may, I may not think about it, uh, uh, purposefully, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's the, the the themes of it are definitely there every day. Yeah, is it quotable to you? Do you think do the quotes lodge in your mind and you use them like out of context? Um, I actually use it with um, um you know Nathan Hamill, yeah, and uh, our friend Tarek, who's a well, Nathan is wrong because he thinks that <laughs> he thinks Blade Runner is boring, but Tarek and I love this movie, okay. and so every time we actually do shots at the bar, we we, we say "Time to Die" okay instead of "Cheers," <laughs> and then we cheer. So. That's great. Yeah. I like that a lot. Would you get or do you have a Blade Runner tattoo? I do not have one. I don't have any tattoos. Okay, because I'm a commitment phobe. Okay. So um, I don't know if I'd get one. I feel like there's not like what am I gonna what am I gonna do like Roy Batty's face is like a tramp stamp like I don't know <laughs> maybe like the unicorn origami which yeah I don't like unicorns so I don't okay. know okay yeah. so if you were gonna get a tattoo if somebody came to you and just convinced you like here here's a million dollars to get a tattoo right would Blade Runner be the thing that you did I don't know um I guess. 
Because I also don't want to do like a cheesy quote. Any quote that you do yeah. is only meaningful to you, but it's cheesy. Yeah, you don't want like general. time to die on your arm. No, that would be <laughs> That's really not weird. It's like <laughs> you're getting naked with someone and they're like, okay. <laughs> what about the whole Tears in the Rain speech uh, on your back? Just the entire thing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like comic sense fun? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the worst tattoo ever. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take that as a no. That That seems like a no. When people walk into your home, can they tell you're obsessed with Blade Runner? Um, they can tell I have issues because I have so many nerdy things around it. <laughs> but um, I, I, I mean, I have a lot of random things like horror stuff and like Star Wars and all these random things. I think that the only couple of things I have for Blade Runner are like posters, but okay. not really. It's not like it's. It's not like you walk in and it's you know full of mud and like rain and <laughs> dark with like there's neon and yeah. yes no taco trucks anywhere I know. dystopia of 2019 i actually live in a taco truck no i'm kidding <laughs> um but blade runner has never been super super merchandised because no. it's a cult movie uh it's not star wars or star trek but do you ever want it to be would you want to express your fandom by having like oh, yeah. decorated action figures yes and if you know of if Roy anybody, Batty robe yes if anyone knows of stuff please send to me that's not like you know thousands of dollars yeah um yeah no i mean i i honestly like as much as i like whatever batman star wars i'm there's so much of it now yeah. that i'm kind of getting sick of all that yeah so I'd, I'd rather get you know a Roy Batty action figure than like another joker yeah because i already have like 20 jokers you know so fair enough yeah. so that is a way that you express your fandom is by collecting yeah i just feel like my you'll notice when you go to my condo it's like too many toys like i okay. feel like i also maybe don't need more okay fair so. enough i don't believe in such a thing as too many toys i well, mean there's physically running out of space like my, my last mean. jedi table over there is yeah a little <laughs> bit of an issue right now but i will find a way Find a way to get more toys. This isn't about me. Back to you. Would you break up with someone who didn't like Blade Runner? Or have you? Um, so it depends. If it, if they are not as into it, but they're into other sci-fi movies and we yeah. could have conversations about this, you know, basically what we've been talking about, then yeah. fine. But if they're just not interested in philosophy or existentialism, like I'm like, meh. But, um, I mean, we'd probably fight about it a lot. Yeah. You know, I'd pro- like, probably be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> but you seem like you're okay with fighting with people. And I mean, oh, I yeah, think I love it's... Oh, it. Re- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you feel like that is a... Uh, where does that come from? Um, I just... I just, um, I don't like, you know, fighting with assholes on Twitter yeah. when they're just being trolls. But I, I, I like healthy debate. Okay. Right? Like, like, I think we talked about this earlier, like, like uh, just art in general... Um, and sharing it with other people like that's yeah. that's great like that's my favorite thing that's why I'm that's why I consider myself hyper social yeah uh, as, as which is very uh, rare for a, a nerd I guess but um this is what like as like as when we went to see Blade Runner the sequel 2049 I basically talked to my friends the for like a week about it you know <laughs> before or after uh right after it okay you know like for like we saw it on that Thursday night and I te- I was just texting all the time and people would like come in and be like, are you still texting about Blade Runner? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and it was with different people, people that loved it, people that hated it, people, you know, I was fighting with someone that thought it was better than the sequel. I'm like, how dare you? We're no longer friends. Yeah. But it's not really, you know, 
course we're still friends right it's just it's just it's just like a fun debate right to yeah have, so i mean that's definitely your sense of humor and i think it's great on social media i really enjoy your your posts of uh challenging people <laughs> <laughs> just constantly making fun of people all the time like an asshole <laughs> no 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 you're being like very uh strident about this is my perspective yes. and that's it and uh take it or leave it uh but it sounds like in person it is this great thing where uh, somebody not seeing Blade Runner the same way you do is right. an opportunity to engage. Exactly. And yeah. I think for some of us, myself included sometimes, like I get sick of debate and I just want to be like, I liked it. I don't need to prove <laughs> it to anybody else. I don't need to change anybody's mind. Right. I'm just going to go in the corner and like it quietly by myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think it is ultimately healthier to be able to engage yeah. in a back and forth debate and like let let me show you how awesome this yeah. thing is and it, it, all, it all comes down to how respectful a conversation is yeah. right like like when you say things like how dare you you're like you're obviously joking with your friends like yeah. it's different to talk to your to have different opinions with your friends about art because art can be very subjective yeah then then engage when someone online that's like basically telling you kill yourself or stupid <laughs> stupid things like that <laughs> that's right? like, not debate worthy no yeah. exactly like that there's a huge difference there yeah <laughs> absolutely uh have you ever had a dream about blade runner um, as far as I, you know, as far as I know, they're my dreams and they're not implanted. So. Okay. <laughs> so you believe you've had actual dreams? Yes. It seems like you've watched it this much. It's such yeah. a dreamscape of a movie. You would oh, have yeah. to. Do you remember anything? Just images, really. Like I, uh, it's, it's, it's not like I had a random dream where like, you know, Roy Batty and I went to a bar. Or, okay. And like. <laughs> And, 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 you know, uh, and killed everyone there or anything or like, or, or, or crushed some, the bartender's skull, okay. you know, like he did with Tyrell. But, uh, no, no, I mean, I, I just basically, uh, scenes from the movie more so. Okay. Yeah. I, Are- I think I dream more about the soundtrack, honestly, because I listen to that soundtrack almost every day. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's just like the soundtrack to your life? I, like I mean, I, soundtracks in general are like my biggest like uh, 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 there's like my second obsession basically okay yeah because i have a music background right so right says with film scores i even just did a list that i posted that i'm super embarrassed about about like the, <laughs> the best scores of 2017 so why are you embarrassed by that because it's so nerdy <laughs> you are so passionate about being a nerd but you're also is this just fun to always mock it as well yes okay oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's Good. like when I make fun of my friends that play D&D, but then I've also played D&D, you yeah. know, but because I don't play it anymore, I'm just like, nerd, even though, you know, <laughs> but then they look at my bookshelf and they're like, excuse me? So, okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, would you cosplay as the concept of the movie Blade Runner at a convention? Hmm, as the concept? Yeah, I had to, I How? asked people this question, but you do cosplay, right? Um, I mean, for Halloween, because okay. it's the best holiday. I did uh, do Pris. Uh, oh, okay. Daryl Hannah's character. Yeah. Uh, um, last year for 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 last year's Halloween party. Okay. That you didn't go to, Joseph. I, I, it's true. I'm a very bad person. <laughs> and it was very nice of you to invite me, and I like Halloween a lot, so I failed in many ways. You really did. <laughs> um, so obviously, a character is easy. I don't know about the concept. Yeah. Um, unless I, you know, like what what would I do? Would I just be walking around like hunting people and? <laughs> That would be so annoying for them. So yeah, yeah. but if you're just like dressed uh, in a very bizarre way that was evocative of Blade Runner, it just would end up looking like cheesy. Like you know, like the like how people have done that Karate Kid uh, 
toilet costume yeah or, or shower costume yeah it'd be like that's like what do i walk around with like rain on me and like, <laughs> look really stupid <laughs> would you want to be engaged at a convention if you did if you just had a trench coat and you like had some food from the movie and then like fake rain falling on you so you just look kind of like blade runner i mean i would just be like wow this person that's talking to me even though i look like this is being nice so i guess i should be nice back <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough um would you drive this is a brand new how obsessed question i'm trying out on you would you drive a big van that had images from blade runner uh, spray painted on the side yes definitely <laughs> um i mean i'd rather drive an actual spinner like yeah the, like the blade runner car oh yeah and, you know or, or car i guess flying vehicle whatever flying it is. vehicle yeah yeah, yeah. That would be awesome. But you would, even with like all the yeah. sort of the weirdness of big oh, vans yeah. with the things spray painted on the side, you'd own that. Oh, yeah. I would love to have that work. Where do I get that? <laughs> I'll work on getting one made. I'm sure there's one on Etsy. Yeah, but a I, huge van. But only Comic Sans uh, font, please. <laughs> Fair enough. Would you give up tacos for a year in exchange for being able to watch Blade Runner? Oh. Like if you, it was one or the other, tacos or Blade Runner for a year. I think I could do it. I think I could. I I take Blade Runner over tacos, uh, because there's other food I love. Yeah. And I just have like that movie is therapeutic for me. Yeah. So I can't live without that movie. Yeah. Do you ever watch it by yourself, or is it always oh, yeah. a social thing? Yeah, I feel like it's it's. Uh, I don't want to continue annoying people that know me. Yeah. That I just won't stop talking about it. So sometimes I do have to watch it by myself <laughs> in the privacy of my own home by myself. Fair enough. Yeah, I can just cry by myself basically. <laughs> Is it only that one uh, speech that makes you cry? Um, I think so. I mean, in general, actually, uh, this one scene that's really messed up when uh, it's Rachel and uh, Rick in uh, their his apartment. Yeah, and and he basically kind of forces himself yeah. on her. It's like kind of a. Uh, weird scene which i always find it weird when people are like there was no chemistry between them i'm like this is not really a love story yeah <laughs> because he's being a dick and 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 you you know seeing her as a thing not not a woman seeing yeah her as a computer and like trying to like deprogram her into like liking him and all these things yeah but what's weird about that scene is that uh, vangelis's love theme is playing and it's weird because it's got like the sleazy kind of jazz uh, saxophone. Yeah. But at the same time, the the rest of the uh, musical arrangements are just gorgeous. And and before that scene actually happens, uh, there's a moment where where Rick is just uh, laying on the sofa and Rachel is playing the piano, and and you hear what she's playing, which. Uh, we're assuming that she knows how to play the piano because of Tyrell's niece's memories, right? Because oh, those aren't right. her memories. Yeah. And so she's playing those, knowing she's already not, just she's already not human. Right. So and, she and is so she, examining that that fact by right. playing, right? So yeah. she's playing, and and you hear the piano song combined with the musical, uh, the the score, and it just fits perfectly. I don't know how because Vangelis is a genius. Yeah. And that musical moment makes me emotional. Okay, yeah. the moment of her playing. Well, just the mu- the just the the music. Of yeah, it, you know, like okay, the, yeah, yeah. Because and it and then it gets kind of dark. Yeah. <laughs> so. Is the sleazy music? Uh, do you think on purpose to signify that this is not a happy l- romantic moment? This is gross. Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, if we had hour more hours to talk about this, like Vangelis' score is so 
groundbreaking in the sense that not only is it not traditional orchestral uh, stuff like we hear like with John Williams and that type of stuff, who I also love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, that he he did something very different where he created more of like an atmospheric tone for yeah. the movie, more so than melodies. You okay. know, so he didn't really create themes. So so he, even when you just see people walking around like dark, crappy L.A. <laughs> like you, you hear all these different like sounds and and whistles and 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 an ethereal kind of like world music yeah. type stuff, right? And, yeah. and I think that contributes to the whole character of the movie. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah, I would love to hear more about soundtrack stuff. I'm really interested in that uh, moment being the music indicating that it is not a good moment because there has been that yeah. emergence of debate that I feel like and maybe you should mention. Yeah, uh, which obviously you brought up of like that uh, there was I grew up with so many scenes like that yeah that were not there's nothing in the movie like that soundtrack to point you to this is bad yeah it was just the really shitty conditioning yeah of here's what you have to be to a man sometimes exactly sometimes they pretend they're not into it so you have to you know be real aggressive like a man uh-huh. I grew up with so much of that gross conditioning yep uh, and obviously, as we re-examine all that stuff, which we should, yeah. that scene has been discussed a lot in Blade Runner. Yes. So I think it's interesting to think that the people making it were not trying to say, "Oh, this is this is Deckard being cool." Right. And and I don't. I mean, I don't know what really Scott was trying to say, right? Yeah. But I but I think at least like like I, I relate more to like the Vangelis um, a score just because it, it that song in particular, the love theme, is half like cheesy yeah but have gorgeous yeah. so i just think it's a good representation of that moment right because eventually they kind of fall in love i guess whatever yeah <laughs> but uh <laughs> but also um it's a good representation of life because life is both good and bad yeah awesome i'm gonna ask you a weird question now are you ready oh these weren't weird enough <laughs> this is the weirdest one i think if you're invited to a screening of yet another final cut of blade runner <laughs> but there was a bear blocking the theater door would you try to get around the bear? I would make that bear my friend. <laughs> and we would hug. And I would invite him to watch the screening with me. And we would be best friends. How after. do you make a bear your friend? You just feed them. Just bring some salmon. We just eat some sushi together. Okay. Yeah. Play just... him the love theme. You know? Make him do what I want. No kidding. <laughs> that was a bad joke. Delete, Fair edit. Enough. Delete, edit. <laughs> Delete, edit from our minds. Uh, so you would make friends with a bear. Yes. With food and kindness. I mean, I even if there wasn't a final cut of Blade Runner, I do want to make friends with bears. I love bears. <laughs> I know they're terrifying, but they're also awesome. Yeah, so. they really are. Yeah. I like bears a lot. And I get to talk about them because of that question. All right, here's the last how obsessed are you question. If every time you watched Blade Runner, Harrison Ford got just a little sad, would you still watch Blade Runner? I mean, a little sad? Yeah. Like, like he's just going about his day. He's flying or cooking or whatever Harrison Ford <laughs> flying. does these days. And he's just a little like, oh, just a little bummed out. And he doesn't know why. But it's because you're watching Blade Runner. I don't watch it that often, so I'm okay with that. Okay. We all get a little sad sometimes. It's fine. It's healthy for Harrison Ford. Yes. I he's agree. had a good life. Yes. He should know some little bit of sadness. Yeah, here you need, to, you need to, to, to know both things and both, ex- both emotions in life. That's yeah. right. Uh, I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What noise can you make to sum up your obsession with Blade Runner? I mean, I don't, I think it's TMI to do the like orgasm noise, right? Um, <laughs> um, I don't, I, I, oh, I don't know. When you know. say the orgasm noise, is there one from the movie? No. Or are you just talking about? <laughs> personal. Okay. That nobody needs to know except the person I'm with. Um, 
uh hole filler there you go um i don't know well, probably how... probably the monologue okay do you want to... is that a noise that I will accept that as a noise in this case. If you're willing to do the whole monologue, I will accept that as I a noise. It's not that long. Okay. Um, I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire of the shoulder of Orion. I've watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time like tears in rain. Time to die. And then a shot. Yes. Exactly. Many, many shots. That was awesome. Thank you for doing that. (laughs) I have people rate their obsessions on a scale of, uh, let's say, uh, 1 to 2049. Who cares? Uh, 1 being the lowest, 2049 being the highest. Where would you rate your obsession? Oh, man. That's a large... That's a a lot of numbers. It is. Um, I mean, probably... It's not like, I don't think it's unhealthy. In fact, it's a it's because it's so therapeutic for yeah. me. I, I think it's a good obsession, but not to the point where like it doesn't let me actually live. Yeah. So probably on the I don't know, like how about how about 2019? 2019. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> got you there. <laughs> you did. It's not a contest, but you got me. If it was, you'd be winning right now. Uh, where Sorry, can... I'm competitive. I'm like, I win, Joseph. I win at this podcast. <laughs> you won this podcast. Where can people find you on social media and all that? Um, I am Evil Dorina everywhere. Uh, uh, literally E V I L D O R I N A on uh, specifically Twitter and Instagram. Do not add me on Facebook. I don't use Facebook. Facebook yeah. is the worst. Yeah. So, yeah. And you've got a YouTube show, right? Yeah. Um. So I just started recently a uh, channel. Uh. The last couple of months called Super Dork House. Um. That has nothing to do with my job at Google. We just hang out with friends and nerd out basically. But it's super chill and unprofessional and. <laughs> Low budget. It's great. Yeah, it's very fun. It's very fun. I, I've watched a couple episodes and enjoyed it very much. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, here are some quick plugs for this show, and then we'll do our final weird questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host, which is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. And you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to our monthly patron-only bonus episode where my wife Sarah and I talk about something we're obsessed with in the moment. For full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, here's some final weird questions that don't have anything to do with Blade Runner. Which would you rather be able to shoot out of your hands, lightning or a breakfast cereal? Um, Lightning, definitely. Okay. Is that just because it is more exciting or are you not a fan of breakfast cereal? I mean, I just think it'd be cool as a weapon, <laughs> especially while driving. <laughs> I'm basically just picturing myself in, in Mario Kart. Okay, you know? so, so when somebody gets in your way and yes. just turns in front of you, you would just lean out the car yeah. or your van with Blade Runner painted on the side <laughs> yes. and just give them a nice zap with your hand? Exactly. Excellent. This is great. You are winning this podcast because I have asked versions of this question, which would you rather shoot, a fun weapon thing or something weird? Yeah. People almost always go for the weird thing and never just go like, yes, no, I want to shoot people with lightning oh, yeah. from my hands. Come on. I mean, I can I already access breakfast cereal. So <laughs> I access it every morning, especially kid cereal. What's your favorite? Oh, that's hard. Probably crunch berries. Okay. Yeah. I just want to get the full picture of who yeah. you were as a human being. And I feel like that really nailed it. If you could run at super speed, but only between your home and one other place, where would you run to? Ooh. Pro- hmm. I just thought of Tokyo for some reason because I love because I want to go to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a hard one. 
Uh, Would you want to use it for something mundane like going back and forth to work, or no, would you want to be th- like, I want to go to Japan whenever I want? Yeah, that was my speed. that was my first thought. I feel like Japan because even though I haven't been, it just looks awesome and clean and like the future. And okay. I love sushi and karaoke and Studio Ghibli. So okay, yeah, let's go with Tokyo. All right, Tokyo. Yeah. It is the final question for everyone on the podcast: is what is happiness? Oh, that's super easy to answer. <laughs> I get this. So this is where you make everyone lose at the podcast. Okay. Um, I would probably go back to what we were talking about earlier uh, and go with shared experiences. Okay. Uh, because uh, art is amazing and, and, and as much as life is crazy and, and can be hard, um, if you share it with other humans that aren't dicks, um, it's way better yeah. than being, you know, home alone on your couch. Just yeah. By yourself, not being able to like laugh with other people about or or appreciate whatever you're into. Yeah, like, or even art. debate it, right? Exactly. And yeah. engage with it, yeah. Yeah, even going to concerts or, or movies, like watching it by yourself is not as fun as with your loved ones, right? Yeah, so. yeah. I think that's a great answer that happiness is is sharing your life with not dicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on what type of dick, right? <laughs> Fair enough. And on that note, that is our podcast. Thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. So this is a really crappy Yoda in Spanish. Not Castilian, not Argentinian. I'm going to try to do the Mexican Spanish one. So um, this is basically do or do not. Um, So no. No lo intentes. Hazlo. O no lo hagas, pero no lo intentes. <laughs> Thank you. You are not welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough.